Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 107 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much once again for joining us as we begin as we continue our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. Uh, we are in the April the 19th to April 25th, 5th week, covering Doctrine and Covenants sections 40 to 44. And today uh, we are going to continue with our study of um, this and move into section 43. So we'll look at the background and context of it and move straight into that section. Now, this revelation was given uh, once again to the prophet Joseph Smith uh, with the um, with the um, guidance about how to receive revelation for the church. Specifically, who should be receiving revelation to guide the entire church? In February 1831, this was given, and actually it was clear to the prophet that beforehand some guidance was needed on this matter. In the Joseph Smith Papers uh, analysis, uh, it says this, quote, Concerned about the lack of leadership, Joseph Smith sent John Whitmer to Ohio with copies of the revelations to comfort and strengthen my brethren in that land. When Whitmer arrived in mid-January, the conduct of the Ohio members surprised and concerned him. He wrote, The enemy of all righteousness had made them think that an angel of God appeared to them, and showed them writings on the outside cover of the Bible, and on parchment which threw, flew through the air, and on the back of their hands and many such foolish and vain things. Others lost their strength, and some slid on the floor, and such like manoeuvres, which proved greatly to the injury of the cause. Whitmer concluded that it was necessary that this people should have instruction, and learn to discern between the things of God and the works of Satan. Close quote. I find this interesting, because we, we do... Well, not all of us, but a number of us may well have heard the experience that I'm going to mention after this. But uh, this is something I wasn't really aware of, that even before the prophet uh, arrived in February 1831, um, there was already all sorts of strange, well, not strange, but all sorts of different um, manifestations uh, among the saints going on and things that were being deceptive. And let's be fair, you know, this church is something which Satan wants to stop. And so it's very understandable that at the very early parts of this church, he would use things like these deceptions to try and, to the people in the church, make them think that they're receiving these revelations through these manners. And also for those outside of the church to see this kind of conduct and be put off a bit by it. Um, and so it was a very um, important time for the prophet to be able to give that leadership to them, to counsel them on how to discern what the Holy Spirit felt like. And when they were receiving revelation and who should receive revelation for the church, speaking in particular about receiving revelation for the church, uh, we carry on in this um, record by reading, quote, in this atmosphere of religious excess came a specific challenge to Joseph Smith's authority. In February 1831, the same month that Joseph Smith and the other members arrived and other members arrived from New York, a woman referred to as Mrs. Hubble had claimed to receive revelations which she shared publicly with other members. As John Whitmer explained in, in later history, about these days there was a woman by the name of Hubble who professed to be a prophetess of the Lord and professed to have many revelations and knew that the Book of Mormon was true and that she should become a teacher in the Church of Christ. She appeared very sanctimonious and deceived some who were not able to just de de detect in her hypocrisy. According to Whitmer, the Lord gave this revelation that the saints might not be deceived. Close quote. Um, Joseph Smith was also uh, recognised to have recorded in his history the notes about um, Mrs. Hubble, uh, not by name, but about a woman that um, had great pretensions and 
um, things that were deceiving the saints. And so he decided to ask the Lord to give him some guidance and direction on this manner, on this matter. Um, so very similar, really, before we dive into section 43 itself, just want to make a note here that it's very similar to the incident with uh, Hiram Page, if you remember. And whilst we may not know exactly the um, the outcome of this um, revelation and what happened with this Mrs. Hubble and, and, of course, the other practices that were going on at the time in January in Ohio, um, we do know that, of course, this led to this guidance about, once again, the prophet Joseph Smith being called to receive revelations for the church. Um, and that revelation should be received by, by members, but it's given by the spirit of revelation, um, by the Holy Ghost. And that uh, it's for their direction and guidance and not for every, the, the whole church. Um, in verse four, uh, it says, but verily, verily, I say unto you that none else shall be appointed unto this gift except to be through him. For if it be taken from him, he shall not have power to accept to accept to appoint another in his stead. So we know here that revelations, commandments for the church need to be given through the prophet Joseph Smith and to none else. Um, James E. Faust said this, quote, Only the prophet and president and no one else can use all of the keys of the kingdom of God on the earth. He and his counsellors and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles delegate specific authority and responsibility to other general authorities and to local authorities and auxiliary, leader, auxiliary leaders to direct the work in their own areas of responsibility. Close quote. So, you know, this is a, the, the structure, the, the standard of the church that's, you know, this is how revelation and specific direction to the church as a whole uh, is received. Um, and in and in order to be able to you know receive revelation for others in the church, there needs to be some sort of stewardship involved in that. But I think as well, what's interesting is that this um, revelation is an example of why direct instruction and training and teaching is an important part of the Church of Christ. Uh, it's something which you know needs to happen in order for people to know their duty and to to learn the the words of the Lord. In verse 8, it says in, in section 43, And now behold, I give unto your commandments that when ye are assembled together, ye shall instruct and edify each other, that ye may know how to act and direct my church, how to act upon the points of my law and commandment which I have given. Um, explaining further, Paul H. Dunn said this, quote, As I reflect upon these kinds of experiences and the influence that great men have had on my life, I think of the question that young people quite often ask, quite often ask those of us in these positions, why do we hold so many meetings in the church? The Lord understood and answered, speaking to you and me through a prophet. Why? That we that ye may know how to act and direct my church. And I thank God that in this great conference and others that have preceded it, we are taught how to act. Close quote. You know, we've just had general conference a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago now. And, you know, sometimes people may ask, you know, why do we meet for general conference, you know, twice a year and often hear many of the same messages. Well, that's because that is the word of the Lord to us today. You know, we're reading these sections of the Doctrine and Covenants and thinking how marvellous it must have been to receive these revelations from, a, from, from Joseph Smith. But actually, we are in that process still today. We are receiving words of revelation. And who knows if 190 years time, you know, people might look back at the time of President Russell M. Nelson and see how he taught and directed a great shift in the gathering of Israel on both sides of the veil how changes were made and history was made in the uh, uh, rest a proclamation about the restoration of the gospel uh, 200 years after it was given. 
You know, all these things, which we, let's be frank, take for granted sometimes, um, are historic. And they and they are for us specifically today. And they may well be looked back in the annals of history as uh, important um, hinge points or landmarks in this developing restoration of the church. Um, and let's not forget that, because I think that whilst we're living our day-to-day lives, it's easy to forget that. Um, whilst, whilst we want to... Uh, whilst we're going about our day-to-day lives. Something else that's uh, worthy of note in this section is in verse 16. For once again, we see uh, an important uh, moment uh, where the Lord says in verse 16, And ye are to be taught from on high, sanctify yourselves and ye shall be endowed with power that ye may give even as I have spoken. Once again, we see the uh, the phrase of being endowed with endowed with power. And we do this through our Saviour Jesus Christ, from being taught upon high and, uh, and receiving his instruction, obviously, uh, in many cases, in the temple of the Lord. Elder D. D. Todd Christopherson said this, quote, It is true that we are in many ways ordinary and imperfect, but we have a perfect master who wrought a perfect atonement, and we have co- call upon his grace and his priesthood. As we repent and purge our souls, we are promised that we will be taught and endowed with power from on high. Close quote. That blessing and gift is is available to us all, especially for those that have been to the temple and received their own endowments. But in reality, for, for anyone that is trying to effect the atonement of Christ in their lives. Um, thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please join us tomorrow as we uh, conclude this week's study uh, within these sections. Um, there's been a lot to cover this week. And so I hope you've enjoyed your study and share what you've been studying on the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. Or you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com and I'll share some of those thoughts on our Monday episode. Thank you for your time. Until we meet again.